Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello. Hello. We are back with We Are Starting a Cold. This is Friday night episode as usual. How about that? No, you're right. It's us. Me, Grant, and I'm Jake, and then uh, and Mitch is here. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, as well as the rest of probably, what, like 200 million people or so in this country, were molested by the weather over yeah. the last few days. I don't think any days. of us had work on Wednesday. Uh, no. It was, a, it mean, was an adult snow day. I did, but I got to do it from my television room, and I simply watched films and ate food and did my job, you know? Just sat there and waiting for shit to roll in. I didn't do anything. Well, but, I was researching um, for this, but I, other than that, I didn't do anything. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, it's been a been a, quite a wacky week as far as the weather has uh, is concerned, but we are here to finish off. In a non-sexual banner, the BTK series. No, it's true. How about that, guys? Uh, uh, yeah. Another come and gone. They they seem to just you know they just throw themselves at us and they're done quicker. Well, than it's not think. even done yet. Do we got to do this one? I mean, let's face it. It it you know it's like we're gonna get to the end today. There's no more after this. Until There's part more. four. There's no, more. Kidding. There's more. But um but yeah, we're gonna wrap up the BTK series today for you guys. It's true. Um as you know, you've I'm assuming if you're here, you've listened to at least part two, hopefully both of part one and part two. Yeah, knowing Griffin now, uh some people I guess just go to part two. Yeah, I don't really understand people that do that, but just you not know knowing how to count. I'll tell you this: if, however you want to consume your media, that is entirely up to you, and I, I'm cool with it. No, you're doing it wrong. As long as you're consuming our media, you can do it in any fashion you possibly want. In the correct way. Um, I don't think we're quite big enough to uh, have like illegal torrents of our episodes. We might. I don't. I mean, know. it's just out there. Anyone can listen, really. Yeah, you don't need anything. It's it's quite literally free. You just click a button, and it just shows up for we're you. We're everywhere. Okay. Um, but yeah, so with all that being said, I uh, hope we, at least the 200 or so million people that were uh, attacked by Mother Nature maybe curl up with a nice uh, cup of tea or a cup of joe or whatever your uh, your business is, you know? Just listen. And yeah, just enjoy the episode and uh, get ready for the wrap-up here of Burger the King. How yeah, about that? Burger the King 3, that's what the notes say. Uh, we last left off with 
Dennis Rader reemerging from his eight-year crime slumber to take two more victims in a span. Uh, wait, yeah, to take two more victims in a span of a year and a half, uh, completely taking advantage of the fact that the police did not recognize his new mo to be that of BTK. Right, so he's in the shadows a bit. I know, I, I more I, than usual. I know, I let some time pass, but I love the use of crime slumber. Crime slumber, eight-year crime slumber. That's perfect. Thank like you. It, it's quite literally the best way to describe <laughs> that. He was so tired. It was like a bear sleeping in a cave, just like I'm waiting for it to get a little bit nicer out. Yeah. That was him. He's like, I'm waiting for conditions to be just right for this next it needs, one. It needs it correct. Uh, after the murders of Marine Wallace Hedge, BTK's neighbor, and Vicky Lynn Weggerly, Raider decides it's time to take another hiatus from his crimes. Another this one, This is where we're entering in, yeah. And it, it was during this nearly five-year break from uh, from murder that he's really starting to feel good about himself, right? He's really coming into he's his really, own. He's, he's learning self-love, in a way. Okay. Uh, he and his wife and kids were, they're all dedicated members of the Lutheran Church, right? He was exceeding at work and he was raising his kids. It was, it was just so great for him. Yeah, he, was, he was thriving as Dennis Rader. He felt fulfilled. He's no longer BTK. He is just quite literally thriving as his own man. There you go. That was, however, until uh, a crime. There was a crime that was committed during this time, right? Uh-huh. The murder of three people, all belonging to the uh, Fager family. Fagers. The, fa- the Fagers. Uh, though there were no mentions of BTK of the BTK killer in the media, Raider himself felt the need to address the situation. So authorities received a letter from the BTK killer claiming that though it was not him that committed the crime, whoever did had done an admirable job. Nice. So he's admirable calling out copycatters. He's like, yeah. you guys are good. By my standards, you guys are cool. Everything's fine here. He's like, just so you know, it's not me, but good job. Just so you know, I'm in the clear here, but this guy's kicking some major eyes. I'm really here. loving what you're doing here, kid. He's taking up the mantle, dude. I, I respect that. You know, you, you, you got to respect, you know, the, those coming in the generation underneath you. He calls it like he sees it, you know, like he's fine. Yeah. In any case, Raider's success in life, in a way, kind of fulfilled uh, his need for a sense of power that he'd usually get from his heinous crimes oh. during this time. This that, that is until one day, Raider lost his job. That sucks. That fucking don't you hate when that happens? So this put him in a uh, family situation that made him feel sort of powerless. He was now relying on his wife to be the breadwinner, and he really didn't like that. What a terrible way to just—he's like, I'm sad that my wife is successful. This I'm gonna go kill some people. I need to take action. The only <laughs> way I know how. So emasculated. Uh, so, so you know, nearly five years since his last crime, Dennis returns to his fantasies. Fantasy life. land for, for Dennis. On January 19th of 1991, the body of 62-year-old Dolores Irline Johnson Davis was found in a ditch in Wichita, Kansas. All right? Okay. So this, it's not looking good for Dolores. She had been strangled with pantyhose. And was wearing a simplistic, like, female mask. You know what simplistic. this looks like? It's like, it's literally just like a rubber mask that looks like it's on, like, a uh, from maybe, like, a CPR dummy or something. Yeah, like kind of like what Dwight Schrute was rocking in that yeah, one episode. But it has, like, little circles of pink blush on the cheeks and stuff. It's creepy as shit. Aww. Look up some pics. We'll I probably will. probably post some, actually. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah, look it up so you can live react. 
But, yeah, she was wearing this mask. She'd been strangled with pantyhose. She was in a ditch. Uh, when police went to her home, they found evidence of a break-in, leading them to believe that Dolores was abducted, tortured, murdered, bound, and disposed of. So Dolores is gone. Uh, and again, the police said virtually nothing when it came to leads, right? And this was still not the MO that they thought, you know, BTK's was. So they were just like, who the fuck is doing this? Uh, there was no use of DNA when it came to the full scope of the victims. There was absolutely no links between any of the murders. So they they had nothing. The police were baffled. Bamboozled, if you say. Yeah, I think they, they certainly are uh, confused. I just saw this picture. Um, it's it's about what you'd expect, yeah. you know? I have no real other way to explain that. It's and it wasn't even about the M.O. specifically, like, alone. Like, just so much time had passed. Yeah. No, you know, I, like, I why that. would they think that? Yeah, they're like, there's no, it, it's almost impossible to connect because you're you're under the assumption that that guy's dead, in jail, or just gone, you know? Yeah, it's been so silent. So, yeah, to think, like, he's back. This isn't Gotham City, okay? It's like, <laughs> are you sure? This isn't something Wichita. that just happens. <laughs> the Gotham City of America. Like, you know, in, like, the Batman movies and shit, they come back to, like, that's the telltale sign of the Riddler or the Joker or the Penguin or Mr. Freeze. It's like we haven't heard from them in 50 years. Yeah, it's like, like, this could is, still be them. This is literally real life. So they're like, yeah, it's been eight years. This guy's probably fucking dead or in prison right now. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Or well, so they hope. You know, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, four months after the discovery of Dolores' body, Raider got a new job. And it's one that gave him more power than he'd ever had at work. Oh, so wow. he is just in the power pool. He was the general I manager guess. at a Burger King. Oh wow! No, he was a uh, city compliance officer. I like that. So that he was fun. he was like the hall monitor of the community. Basically, he could tell people their grass was like too tall or too short. He had access to people's homes. Uh, he he like carried a tranquilizer gun in case he saw like a stray animal that he didn't think was supposed to be there. <laughs> I don't think you <laughs> should it all, be all right? here. <laughs> it was I'm gonna, all state funded. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, he even had a badge. He had a badge, a gun, and ultimately just power. That's what he wanted. Hey, I man, it worked out. That's what he was looking for this whole time. You know, there you go, and he found it. Uh, during this time at work, he had individuals who were under him in the chain of command, and they often described him as mean, short-tempered, and controlling. Hmm, okay. Also, threatening was another word that was thrown around a lot. It's so weird. Uh, so those around him in the workplace suffered, but they all stayed alive. All right? Because okay. Dennis had all this power. This is freaking power. Uh, Dennis was getting uh, the daily power trip he needed from his job to quell the murderous tendencies. It was on January, uh, yeah, January 17th of 2004. So we're skipping ahead quite a bit. Oh, we're jumping, dude. We're jumping here. Yeah, this is, uh, let's see, that's 13 years in the future. Okay. It was on January 17th of 2004 that a reporter at the Wichita Eagle published a story regarding the Otero family. Because oh. it was the 30-year anniversary to like to the day of the unsolved crime. That's kind of funny. That's just poetic. It's just like, is that just a slow news day? Why do you got to do that? Yeah, why are you bringing this back up? It's over. <laughs> just like reopening the wound. But, uh, it, and it also mentioned, the article that is, also mentioned the, um, the unsolved BTK murders. So he was he was named. In, yeah, he was in the fucked. Old paper. He's in a bad spot here for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know it's whatever. But it, you know it could always be worse. You know. I mean, he read it and it was all just like 
it happened to coincide with his uh, his wife uh, and he were becoming empty nesters, right? Okay. So his children were out of the house right when this happened. Uh, Raider's son went to the Navy. His daughter got married. So in a way, Raider seemed to think like he, he no longer had much to lose. He was like, it's time to reemerge. It's, it's time. time. To, it, it's my time down here. This is like WWE wrestling. He was just like, "I'm coming back, baby." I'm getting that fucking belt. He, yeah, he did it. He resurfaced. He got the belt. He got the belt of murder. He's the the crime cicada. That's what he is. The crime cicada. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll just mention right now that the murders of like the murder of Dolores Davis, uh, his murder in 1991, that was his very last murder that he ever committed. So I'm saying that up top. There's still a lot of story. All right, fair enough. That was enough. the last one. Fair enough. Ugh. All right, well, uh, where was I? Dennis Raider decided that it was time to terrorize the community with nothing more than his reputation and some, like, sick uh, sick pranks. So he was sick. just going to goof on this whole city. He, just, he likes goofing. New boot goofing, you know? New boot goofing. There you go. A few months after the anniversary article was published, the Wichita Eagle received a letter from BTK, all right, which claimed responsibility for the murder of Vicky Weggerly, which was, you know, they didn't even put it together at the time. No, 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 they didn't. So he was like, it was me, bitch. And, uh, and if the claim wasn't enough to convince them, BTK included photographs of her body in multiple bound positions. Yeah, that'll so do it. So he's sending photos now. He's, that'll seal he's, uh, the deal. Up in the ante a little bit. That one million percent will seal the deal right there for you. Yeah. So what one could you know posit that the photos were like crime scene photos taken by the police, but given that Wagerly's body was taken away by ambulance before the police had even photographed the crime scene, it was clear that it was actually from the killer. Right. They're so like, they we were know like, now. oh shit, yeah. This sent both national news as well as Wichita specifically into a kind of a frenzy. You don't say. I mean, it makes sense as to why. I mean, why. it's pretty terrifying, yeah. It was in 2004 that the name BTK got more news coverage than it ever had in the past. And it makes ever. sense. I mean, everyone's just like, how the fuck is this guy still alive? 74? It's 2004 now. Like, yeah, that on. is a wild, like, jump in time there. Yeah. Yeah, most most news coverage you ever got. Not a day went by in the city of Wichita for about a year and a half that was that didn't have like at least a segment of the broadcast having something to do with BTK. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Just every day it's hammered into your mind. That does, terror. That is like mind boggling though. Just the sheer. Just, like, how does an area react to that? Especially somewhere that at that time. I mean, I don't even think now it's very like busy you know yeah um but d- just their reaction to that is like well this is what we got so let's fucking talk about it how dude, about that P- the fucking city freaked out dude women in wichita not only like brought out an entire they bought out the entire supply of mace in like every store there was not you could not find mace during this time so you're telling me it was a bad time to target women for any sort of crime pretty much yeah they were all prepared dude they also insisted on never being alone like not even when walking to their cars from the front door that's smart they were just like we have to have someone around you have to you have to this guy's fucking crazy no it's true uh btk was causing mass hysteria and he hadn't even killed again so you know he it's like minimal effort maximum uh, outcome for him 
And right I mean, I, I could be wrong, but just the way I feel about it is I, I feel like this was the end goal. Like, that that's what he wanted. So, yeah, just notoriety. And, I mean, I don't think To get was, away with it and for everyone to know his name. It's like a... Exactly. You know? It wasn't He was quite, milking the fuck out of it. It was nowhere near the level of arrogance of, like, a Ted Bundy where it was like, yeah, I did it. You know, like, very just like, yeah, like, I'm the guy. You know, you don't fuck yeah. with me. But there's a certain part of him that was like, you know what? When I when it does end, it's going to end in a very big way. And I don't mean that by, like, killing, you know, a lot. Like, it's just going to end in a fucking shootout or, like, the news. Well, regardless of how this ends, which we'll get to, you know, in a couple minutes, like, he, the one thing that he did say, he's like, I didn't plan to get caught. Like, I, he didn't plan for it. That's probably true. He's you like, know? well, I'm a little upset with myself. But... That'll come in a sec, in a few minutes. So on December 13th of 2004, Cake TV News, which was like a local uh, news station in Wichita, Cake with a K, so it's K-A-K-E. Okay, Cake. Yeah, so Cake TV News, they received a phone call from a viewer who claimed to have found something that might have something to do with BTK. Oh, right. really? And what might that be? What might it be? Journalists were sent out to the location, uh, which was a stop sign. In a local park, <laughs> and they they found a box, right? What's in the box, Grant? What's in the box? What's in the box? It's Gwyneth Paltrow's skull. No, that would be way better. In this box, there was a Barbie doll uh, with a noose around his neck, <laughs> and it was tied to a small piece of PB, PVC pipe, uh, apparently reflecting what he had done to Josephine Otero during his first crime. That's hardcore for Remember sure. Remember he hung around the pipe and then came? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's a comer. He comes. Uh, so on top of this, uh, also in the box, was the ID of Nancy Joe Fox. So his victim from three years after the Otero murder. Ooh. So he's just like leaving trinkets, leaving his little trophies around. He's it's like, like, come find it's me, It's BTK. Yeah, he was really trying to, to drive home the fact that he it really was him, and he really was back. You know? He's like, I'm a presence among you. If you guys aren't freaking out enough, uh, up the ante. Right. I mean, it's working. It's working. It's working. Yeah, as if there wasn't already like a fire lit under everyone, uh, under the asses of the police. There, uh, uh, this really got them committed to figuring out who he was. Because um, you know, he's just leaving toys, mm-hmm. leaving scary toys. Uh, so it was also around this time that DNA was becoming an extremely reliable way to solve crimes. So, what, You're who would have thought? You're fucked. Who would have thunk kid. that? Uh, thankfully, the police throughout all of BTK's past crimes had the foresight to save all of the evidence that, Ooh, uh, you know. That doesn't bode well for him. Yeah, yeah. All the evidence for each crime. So this allowed them to test certain things amongst the evidence, right? Which ended up all coming back as the same DNA, right? Mm-hmm. But the only problem is the fact that Dennis Rader's DNA was not in their database due to his lack of a criminal history. They're like, it's all right here, but who is it? <laughs> It's all right it here, man. Like you have to commit a crime for me to think you're going to commit a crime. Says the computer. Wait a minute. Here, where, where am I? That is a weird fucking way to do that. Isn't like, it? I get it. Because there's no other way for that to actually, like, well, it, unless you voluntarily are like, hey, come give me your DNA. In actuality, if you do something wrong enough, it's probably like that thing in the in the Simpsons. He's like, have you ever handled a penny? Then the government has your DNA. Yeah. You know, it's probably something like that for... Really bad criminals. Yeah, I'm sure if they wanted to, they could find you, but it's like... By really bad, I mean like people that are problems for the government. Yeah, like 
terrorism and shit, you know? Yeah. We found Bin Laden in a fucking cave, okay? Like, yeah. come on. Exactly. So they didn't have his DNA. So they were like, who the fuck is this? So what do they do? They put on a little adventure uh, for the, for themselves and a lot of the uh, the, the, the policemen. Uh, they referred to it as the Swabathon. Ooh, the Swabathon. The Swabathon. They all called it that. In two-man teams, police began going around to the homes of Wichita residents, focusing on men, of course, because that's what they knew. He was white, and he was a dude. He's a white man. He's a white man. This is a white guy's crime, like, for real. Let's just no, say it. No, really it really is, yeah. This is some fucked up shit. <laughs> but So they, they would go to all these different people's houses, requesting them to swab the insides of their mouths. Swab it, baby. Swab it. Give me all the spit. In the end, uh, the police swabbed over 1,300 people's mouths. Oh, that's a swab-a-thon if I've ever that's heard a lot of people. That's a lot of spit. It's a lot of swabbage. You think if you wrung out those swabs into a bucket, it would be a gallon? Oh, that's a good question. I feel how like wet are might... these swabs? How, how, how much were these people salivating? I mean, yeah, that's good. You definitely would at least get, at the very minimum, you'd get a full cup. You get a good pint glass. Yeah, like you could you could get a, a fair amount of just disgustingness if you wanted it. Yeah. If you wanted it. It would be there. either the best or worst thing for your immune system. It would be bad initially, but I think in the long run, if you survived, it'd be great. Yeah, you survived the plague. Like you, you'd have a little bit of everything. A you little know? bit, just a tad bit. But, uh, but yeah, so not long after the Swabathon, because, yeah, I mean, they obviously didn't find it because there were just like 1,300 people and nothing. So they kind of gave up a little bit. Uh, not long after the Swabathon, Cake TV receives a postcard from BTK. Oh. BTK's still sending letters. In this postcard, BTK mentions that he is sorry about the two main anchors' colds, which they had apparently mentioned uh, in passing during, during one of the broadcasts. That's pretty sweet. At least he, at least he listens. He's like, "I hope you feel better." I don't want you dead. I Remember want those you to 10 feel okay. People I murdered. Uh, so this correspondence was taken by the news outlet as well as the police. Uh, it was kind of taken as like, "Oh, BTK is probably going to target someone." At the Cake TV station. Because it's like, oh, you're clearly watching the show. Maybe that's know? just where he gets his news, you know? I mean, he's obviously from Wichita. Like, I think that's it's a little uh, heavy-handed there. They're like, oh, God, they're coming for us. It's like, maybe you're just a good source of news. Maybe take it as a positive. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be fucking weird. A lot of the documentaries I was watching were just mainly the Cake TV people. I feel you like know, I was like afraid for my the life thing. the whole time. Pretty much. He, uh, I knew he was going to come and rape us. It's like, no, you didn't. You didn't even do that. You didn't even want that. Yeah, yeah he wants power. Uh, it, was, it was about a week after this, you know, the, the, a week after the, uh, the postcard, that uh, the local Lutheran church group contacted Cake TV, and they wanted, uh, you know, a tour of the studio. Okay. And who else but the president of the church congregation, Dennis Rader, was the one who set the whole thing up. That's it's like, perfect. maybe this will be fun. Fun thing for God. God's uh, going to love this one, guys. Yeah. Buckle up. Yeah. So the entire tour, uh, you know, he was taking pictures. He was making small talk. And you just fucking know he was he was hard as the dickens. Oh, yeah. The whole he time. He had to have been. Like, are you shitting me? That guy's belt loop was working overtime. That was his Woodstock, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was right under the media's noses. And the entire country was looking for him. And they were literally seeing him. 
that's what was even better. It's like he's right there. They, if they only they knew what they know now, that would have been a very different day. But it was, it was not. It was not. It was that day and how it transpired. Unfortunately, so Cake TV, after receiving another letter from BTK, uh, the BTK killer, thanking them for so many words for uh, in so many words for getting the word out about him. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's like, "Thank you so much for talking about me. It's so nice." Uh, it, it's an interesting decision what the Cake TV goes on to do. They knew he watched the broadcast and felt the best way to keep him talking and communicating with them and the authorities was to address the fact that they knew that he was watching the broadcast. Damn. So they were just like, hey, we know you're out there. We know you're watching. Just letting you know we know, like that kind of thing. (laughs) It's super weird. Right. But it fucking, it worked. You know, they figured out, uh, they figured the, the more correspondence that he had, the more likely it would be that he would like slip up and give some sort of clue as to his identity, which, again, they were totally right. It was after this on January 25th of 2005 that Cake TV received a letter, another letter. He's He loves these letters to this place uh, from BTK saying that there was a cereal box left in the bed of a truck in a parking lot along with the exact location. Damn. And you, you get exact it? Exact location. Do you get it? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I got picked Serial up. killer? He's a serial girl in a material world. You understand? Oh, I do. Yeah. So they, uh, they went out there. Police were contacted, who then quickly went to the location to investigate. Inside the box was a piece of jewelry from one of the victims from the 70s, uh, along with a note. And here's where he fucks so hard up. He fucks up so bad. He's not doing well here. Uh, he's really showing his age, because the note asked the police if he could send a floppy disk without it being traced to a computer. And Damn. if so, to print the message, Rex, it will be okay in the classified section of the newspaper. Okay. So he's literally asking them how computers work, and he's going to trust their answer. Damn. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I believe you. <laughs> for no, like, why would he do that? Um, so for some reason, Dennis was under the impression that cops had to be honest with serial killers. <laughs> but you can't lie to them, you know, this they know. Bad shit belief that seemingly came out of nowhere, uh, it would be his downfall. So Raiders saw the response because they, they printed it. They were just like, yeah, Rex, it'll be okay. And that meant, yes, we can't track, track you. Um. <laughs> uh, so he saw the response from the police in the newspaper and promptly sent them a floppy disk. <laughs> so, Here's a floppy disk. In the mail. So uh, this floppy disk contained a single file that was merely a Word document that read, this is a test. Okay. <laughs> so he didn't send anything. It was supposedly just a test to see if it was a, a means that he could actually communicate with them. So now floppy disks are a bit more high-tech than one might believe, or at least than, uh, more high-tech than I thought they were, in that uh, past actions that occur on the floppy disk, even if they're, like, deleted, are stored on it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can't get rid of it once something has been done right, yeah, with the floppy disk. Yeah, unless you break it, but, yeah, you can't just, like, Yeah, it has erase. to be eviscerated. Like, it, it can't exist anymore. Erase. Uh, so police were able to see that something had been printed from the floppy disk in the past. And when something is printed, the disk keeps track of, like, the IP address attached to the print job. Okay. So police, through this, were able to see that the IP belonged to someone named Dennis. 
They got his first name. All right. Okay. Not his last name, but the, but here's the next party. So also stored on the disc was the fact that the local Lutheran church was a factor in all this. Okay, so once the police had the name of Dennis paired with the the Lutheran church, they literally Googled it. <laughs> they Googled the two things together. Uh, Dennis and the whatever Lutheran church is in Wichita. And what do you know, the only Dennis at the church was the church leader, Dennis Rader. Beautiful. So How that, about that? 30 some odd years later, they're just like, oh my God, <laughs> it was that guy. And once the police looked into Dennis and his loving family and his positive actions in the community, it became clear why they were unable to find him for so long. He was just blending in. Yeah, it was quite completely. literally the perfect cover. Like, so successful in his blending in. it. The, the two probably best ways to like cover your tracks would be to... Number one, overall, the best thing to do is exactly what he did. Just blend into, like, your everyday normal life. Yeah. And just keep Have going. a hot dog, you know, mow your lawn. And, like, yeah, don't get greedy. You know, just do it and keep going. Um, number two is the more obvious one. Uh, it's a lot easier. You just leave. Like, you kill someone in this area and leave. And then you go somewhere you've never been, kill someone, and leave. And then you just leave, yeah. And, like, yeah, I mean, it, that one's a lot more work. But there's a lot less to juggle with that. Like, the, the day-to-day yeah. life, just living like uh, BTK, that that takes a toll on you. It takes a special individual to be able to handle yeah. that. Yeah, flip-flop, flip-flop. It didn't seem to have any, you know, uh, effect on him, though. No, and he, he, he felt like he it. was a genius for that. He was like, I'm so fucking good at this, guys. Well, and what's sad is, like, in a weird way, like, I know this sounds really morbid, but the truth is, like, he is a genius. <laughs> in like, this story, no. That it, he is a genius. Like, oh, there's yeah, no is. way to say he's not because he is. He is doing successfully what many others tried to do and could well, never do to that level. I do think that there's a difference between a genius and a guy who made a couple correct uh, uh, decisions regarding his uh, his exploits. Hey, in his own field, you know, he's like, a genius. You're right. No, you're right. It's like uh, you got to think, you know, when you when you're talking about serial killers, not that they're not smart, but there's some that are a lot more. I, maybe even smart isn't a great word, but a lot more intuitive about what to do oh, and yes. when to do Natural it. Natural killers, and he he fits that bill. Like he made very little mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And the ones he did were, I mean, they, it all worked out. Yeah, it's just like much. it's a mixture of him doing it semi-correctly and a lot of luck and i mean the truth is he really i mean i guess that's something you'd never know but if he was able to stop killing he probably would have gotten away with it forever oh definitely especially if he didn't send them a floppy disk (laughs) yeah that was a fatal error that was a he probably would still be okay but uh, yeah, so so the police are pretty sure that Dennis Rader is their man, right? Mm, but he they fits can't. The bill. Yeah, but they can't just like. For some reason, that's like not enough evidence. They wanted to get more evidence on him, so they needed his DNA. And instead of doing like a continued swabathon, just randomly after it had ended, just like showing up at his house, they were just like, "That's too dangerous." All right, it, it felt too risky. Instead, the police went to the doctor of his daughter. Okay. And using a blood sample from a recent test she had taken, 
the police performed a sort of like reverse paternity test on it and uh, you know against the dna that they'd collected from all the crime scenes and in less than 24 hours the test came back positive so raider's daughter's dna matched that of btk okay and police jumped into action now right. I, I don't you know i know i'm sure there's more to it obviously but that sounds super unethical that well, it's kind of unethical what uh, BTK did there. It is, but right? it's like it's the classic like two wrongs don't make a right. Like a good comparison nowadays is like what well, eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. If the police didn't lie to him, they wouldn't have never. They would have never found out. Think of uh, like look at Apple. Wasn't it the was it the FBI that was trying to get into like the phone or whatever? I don't know. And they took the stand. They're always trying to get into phones. And Apple was like, no, like we can't do that. That's part of like our agreement. Is like. You need consent, you know, just because we're the company that runs it doesn't mean we can just like take that person's information and like give it to you, you know. Respect. And it's kind of similar with that doctor, where it's like, I if it was his doctor, it would be worse because it's like that's a direct like not cool thing to do. But maybe he got you know like permission in a weird roundabout way from the daughter to be like, hey, you know, we're gonna send a sample of your DNA. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like we need to send your blood in for more tests it's still like, like it could be slightly slightly unethical i'm not saying that it wasn't a good thing it's just like i'm pretty sure that goes against everything doctors are supposed to stand for sometimes you need to go against the grain a little bit catch some killers you gotta be a, they took away his license too they're like thanks for helping us you're fired yeah exactly so yeah police were just like oh fuck we have him all right so they they they, they jumped into action and pulled dennis raider over on his way home from work damn just one, just that day. Uh, so once he and you know they pulled him out of his car. He was in handcuffs. He was being walked back to a police car. Once he saw the lead homicide detective on the site of the arrest, he he literally greeted him by name. These two people had never met before in their lives. He just had done that much research. He knew on he, everyone involved in what he was doing. The craziest thing is like at first. I mean, I like to imagine that he knew the whole time. Like, as soon as it happened, it was like, this is the one, you know? Yeah. No, he, in what I'm about to say, like, it's it's pretty clear that he was like, well, yeah. But I, just, I like sense. to think that he didn't know. And he's just like, oh, goddamn speeding ticket. I got to get home. Yeah. And they're just like, sir, can you step out of the car? He's like, what is this bullshit? He sees me. He's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. No, he just like, he went quietly. He was just like, hello, homicide detective. And then he, Fuck, yeah, he was taken into custody, man. Uh, that, he never even attempted to lie. <laughs> he never denied it. Like he, he, he would just say, he never said he wasn't who they thought he was. He, he didn't even seem too broken up about being caught. In fact, he proudly stated that he also killed Maureen Hedge and Dolores Davis, which police were uh, unaware of, uh, you know, prior to this. Okay. So he not only was he not denying anything, he was like, yeah, and also this. <laughs> it, it that's interesting in and of itself because I know he wanted the credit he deserved. A lot of serial killers don't necessarily avoid uh, incriminating themselves when it comes to that, but I mean, find me one that didn't at least try some way to get out of it. You know, like in, oh, I'm yeah. insane, or oh, this happened, or like. Tell a story to be like, oh, this is, you know, really what happened. Yeah, like, son of Sam with the talking dog, you know. Yeah, it's like this This is different in the sense that he's straight up just like, yeah, you know what? I did it. And here, you got. I got a couple more that you didn't know I did. So how about that? <laughs> yeah, how about them apples? And they're like, sir, you're going to go to prison. He's like, yeah, I know. Fuck it. 
I'm doing yeah. it. Dude, he was 59 years old and had been an active killer for over 30 years of his life. Yeah, he is. I was. That's what I was looking up. He is in the top of the list, but he is not actually the longest active killer that the United States has ever seen. Who's He's that? close. Um, there's a lot of conflicting reports, but Samuel Little uh, holds oh, the yeah. title uh, at about 35 to 38 years. Holy shit, I forgot about that guy. He was caught recently, wasn't he? Yeah, not too long ago. He yeah. died uh, in December of 20. So oh, he, no. he was not that long ago. Like That's not no. ancient history. Not at all, no. But BTK, the numbers are weird. I don't know why they exclude him from lists a lot. Because like, the one list I was looking at had Sam Little at the top. And then it was the Green River Killer who was at 19 to like 23 years. And BTK is a lot longer than that. So yeah. he, I, I cannot say with confidence he's number one, but he's certainly in the top three. Yeah. As he's, far as longevity. He was good at this. Yeah. Uh, and, and for that list, I'm, in, I'm only including people that were eventually caught. You know, you could say the yeah, Zodiac yeah. Killer because, like, no one knows who the fuck that is. So, or they say they might, but no. No, it was knows. just an independent group of people that were just like, yeah, I think we found him. And then everyone believed him. And I, I, I don't know. Did you read about that when that happened? I did. It was a like, little It was fishy. just like, this seems like they just are saying this the because only, it's convenient that he's dead. The only one I ever actually believed in that they found someone years later was... Uh, db cooper oh yeah which that'll be that'll be an episode in and of itself but yeah we'll do that um just a brief run around this guy he hijacked a plane and a bunch of money and disappeared forever and i want to say it was like maybe 2015 or 16 they think that they found him through like family connections and shit Mm -hmm. and there's a video online that i saw and it literally is this old man and this like camera crew goes up to him and he's like, what? And they're like, sir, blah, blah, what's your name? And he's like, you know, I'm, I don't know what he says. He's like, I'm Noah Johnson. <laughs> he slipped up and said, I'm D.B. Co- Fuck. And then he gave us, you know, his name <laughs> or whatever. It's been 60 years. And you could tell he was, like, upset, but not, like, not, like, mad. He was more just like, come on, like, I, I want to go do my shit today. And the minute they're like, are you familiar with D.B. Cooper? He just goes, like, stone-faced. And he's like, leave me the fuck alone. And just, like, walks away. Whoa. And for some reason, just the way he reacted, I was like, I, I think they might have actually caught that guy. But there's no actual proof that could ever, like, tie I mean, did it. they follow up with him, or did they just, like, oh, maybe it was him. Anyway. I, they tried, like, but, like, he he was avoiding, like, all cameras and interviews. And it was, like, it's a hard situation because it was so long ago that it's, like, you almost, you need irrefutable evidence to take that to court. Yeah. And if you can't get it and the guy won't cooperate, you can't make him cooperate. Yeah, no, Because you right. could be wrong, you know, like you could just have the wrong guy. Yeah. But in any case, he doesn't count because he's not technically caught, but. Yeah, he's, um, he didn't kill anyone. But yeah, so yeah, dude, he was 59 when he was arrested, uh, BTK that is, and he was active for over 30 fucking years. Yeah, wasn't that That's the year? That's a long year, ass time. Was that the year previous or the year of the White Sox winning the World Series? 2005, dude. Yeah, so it was the yeah. year they won. Yeah. So it's not again. It's not that long ago, which it is was. I remember that horrific. happening. Joe Creedy was the third baseman. Is all I remember. You know what? It's funny is that I'm pretty sure you're 100 percent right about that. Yeah, dude. That is a name that I like forgot, and it's in my head now. And I'm like, I know that Joe name. Creedy. 
Anyway, uh, so police, after you know he was arrested, they got a total of eleven search warrants for multiple locations tied to Raider. One of which, you know, was his house. It makes sense. So there, in his home office, in the bottom drawer of a file cabinet, they found yet another box. Ooh, all these box boxes. Of, the box of all the boxes. You know, what's in the box? In this box were original copies of the letters that he'd sent to the police and, you know, the news and stuff. He, So I guess he faxed them or something. Or yeah, he them. sent them in or he made photocopies or something. Something like that, yeah. You think, uh, though, it's kind of smart because if you have the letter, I mean, you got to figure out a way to do that, but if you photocopy it, you're, you could, you know... No you can pick has, it up with tweezers, put it in an envelope. Right. And, yeah. There's zero evidence. And even, like, I would imagine that the handwriting experts, it's probably the same, but any trace of DNA is going to be very different. And you, if you somehow were able to, like, track where that paper came from, it's like, oh, some guy came in and made, like, copies. I don't fucking yeah. know. Ooh, this guy. But yeah, so, so they found, like, a bunch of those, uh, the original copies of the letters. They, he found trophies from past victims, which was, like, you know, licenses and jewelry and uh, shoes, maybe like yeah, pantyhose, stuff like that. Just fun little trinkets, and uh, and, uh, and thousands of pictures of him himself, Raider, uh, that he'd taken of himself, dressed up as a woman and bound in multiple locations and positions. Yes, in one of them, he he actually dug a grave and went down inside of it and bound himself, took a picture, and then he just didn't use the grave for his victims. Damn. So he dug a grave for himself. And it's funny because the knots are, I mean, I, they, they weren't what took him down. Um, it's definitely started to raise some questions because they were noticing rope patterns. And it was like, okay, um, you know, this is weird. We're getting like some similar motives here. And then in court, um, that was actually the final nail in the coffin. Um, I mean, he admitted it, you know, so it was like, okay, they, they might have been a little bit like open to some leniency maybe not death or something you know Hmm. but uh they were able to connect the photos and the rope patterns and marks on the body really and that was pretty much the the irrefutable proof that he was the guy damn and dude i mean he was like a scout master too so you know he had all those knots down pat yeah no 100 percent. this guy he was prepared for all that shit and the thing that he loved most Binding was uh, one of the reasons he was taken down. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, it was right there in front of us the whole time. But he's a he's a unique guy. He it, dude, he was a complete fucking psychopath. When it, like the trial actually started, he basically was like, "There's like, do you plead guilty or not guilty?" He's like, "Well, for the sake of time, it just makes." I think this is his exact quote. He's like, I think it just it makes mathematical sense for the sake of math. Uh, I'll just say I'm guilty. Yeah. He's I like, mean, all right, uh, so are you saying you're pleading guilty? He's like, guilty. Yeah, guilty. I think another, I mean, I again, this is just me speculating here on, you know, past stories and reading things. I would imagine that a big driving force in that decision for him was the fact that he had a family and he, like, you know, for everything he was, he did care about that family. Um, because if he tried to deny it, he wasn't dumb. He knew he, there's no way he was going to like win, you know? No, yeah, he, he knew. And it just it made everything a little bit easier because it didn't draw it out as long. And it was like, this is let's true. just get it over with. You but know? also, he like it kind of expedited him 
into his own confession because that was something the judge made him do afterward. He's like, before I can like indict you for this, you have to tell me like what what all fucking happened. So he got to relive each and every murder by like verbally telling it to an entire courtroom of the family and like loved ones of the people he murdered exactly how he murdered them. That's baller. <laughs> and he he would like smirk every now and again. And I think there was some guy who was like commenting on it in uh, in like a documentary that I was I was watching. He was like, "Yeah, the way he was talking, it was like he was just telling you how to make like the most killer like chicken salad. Like it was just so casual." He's ah, oh, first you're gonna want to take this, then you're gonna want to do this. And yeah, you do some pecans. I do sliced grapes. But no, he he was apparently just like super calm and just saying these awful, crazy things that he did. To the victims' families. Yeah, and I mean, there's no denying that uh, he's one of the more brutal guys. And it, uh, the one yeah. thing he had going against, uh, not against uh, brutality, but to show that he wasn't maybe as brutal, he he never really, like, torture's part of his name, but it wasn't really his game, you know? Well, I mean, in a, in a sense... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He would he would like suffocate people once he even got the hang of it to the point of just like passing out to where they would wake up again and he would do it again because he just wanted that thrill of the power of like he'd edge you. Yeah, he would edge you into death and then bind you up there. So but I would say that's kind of like a torture on a you know? grand scale. I would say his torture his torture is significantly less than. That of David Parker Ray oh, or, like, yeah. Bob Berdella. Hell, even Jeffrey Dahmer. He wasn't even really a torture guy. It was he just wanted a up. zombie companion. Like, he was just doing weird shit, you know? He wasn't yeah. even about that. But oh, he, so lonely, that guy. His torture was almost... If it wasn't worse then, it was certainly on par with BTK. Yeah. And torture's literally in his fucking name. Well, you know, it can't be that accurate. It's a guy with an inflated ego, and he literally gave himself that name. Yeah, that is true. In a letter that he wrote to the police because they weren't paying attention to him. Typically, people that <laughs> like make their own nicknames fucking... don't deserve nicknames, Idiot. you know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, dude, uh, the sentencing, he fucking, uh, he was sentenced to life in prison times 10. So, 700 years in prison. About 700 about. years. Yeah, he's never getting out of there. He's still alive today. But, apparently, the reason that they didn't go for the death penalty or... Well, it's more or less because they couldn't. Because uh, at the time where he committed the murders, like at the time that he committed them, the death penalty like wasn't an option in Kansas. Oh. So that's that how, that's how he skated away from it from like a law that was changed like thirty years prior. See, I feel like I, and it's funny because I'm anti death penalty. I, I don't think. It, Here's why. Anything that gets rid of all these fucking people on the planet, yeah, go ahead and do it. I don't See, care. the reason I'm against um, the death penalty is because we reserve it for, like, some of the worst crimes, you know? But why? we're literally giving them the easy way out. So a guy that, like, tortures, eats, and kills and rapes people, they're like, we're just going to kill you. You're just going to be dead instantly. You know, it's like yeah. no punishment, no, like... That's what prison is like for, you know? Like that it I'm sorry to tell you if you you're a believer, but it's not a place of reform, it's a place of suffering. No, that's where criminals are are really uh, perfected. Yeah, that is quite literally the reason prisons exist is to suffer and really just make you think about what you did. Yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, I think it's stupid. But in the case of the BTK killer, why wouldn't you? Dennis Rader literally admitted everything to you, gave you, like, coordinates. You have 100% evidence. There's no way that it's incorrect. That's a guy that you could just fucking kill, you know? Yeah, you could probably just kill him. Like, if, if anybody should get the death penalty from a guy who doesn't believe in the death penalty, it should be that guy. Because he, he was like, yeah, you know what? I did it. Here's the thing. Yeah. What, what are we doing, you know? Here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, and he is still fucking alive. Yeah, and I mean... He's alive. He'll probably be around for a little bit longer, I imagine. I mean... Yeah. You know, the 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 life expectancy is only rising, and I'm sure even in prison, it's not as low as you might think it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. There, and apparently after he was, like, in indicted and, like, in prison and stuff, he actually made, like, some phone calls to Cake TV because they found out he they wanted to do, like, a story on him. Uh-huh. And they recorded, like, the whole phone call, and some of the things to come out of it were, like, do you feel bad for the victims? He's like, yeah, you know, I, I do. I uh, I really wouldn't want that to happen to my family. Well, that's But nice. I am kind of proud of what I've done. Like, I'm proud that they could be a part of my, my, my whole... Accomplishments. Uh, my accomplishments. <laughs> yeah, he viewed them as accomplishments. And he was like, you know what? Good job, everyone. Everyone involved. Uh, except for me is dead. But all around. Everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. Pumpkin stickers, stars, anything you want. Yeah, he's... Typical ego guy, um, and it, it's funny because when you think, at least to me, I mean, when you think of an ego, egotistical serial killer, you think that they'd be a lot more reckless, you know? Yeah. And he certainly wasn't, like, a clean killer. Uh, he was pretty reckless in his own way, but yeah. he he did enough to skate by for yeah, 30 I mean, years. His lack of cleanliness in the crime scene uh, was made up for by his crazy cleanliness in life yeah so it it, it's it's just very strange that it all worked out that way because he truly was just born to kill like that's what he was there for and his family didn't even know Uh -uh. until the very end yeah until like it was on the fucking news dude even the police that i saw that were interviewed they were just like they are victims in and of themselves it's like yeah no, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> no, a thousand percent. You've lived your entire life a lie. Like, you had no... And the worst part of that is, like... I mean, you just know how society is, at least here in America. You... They're getting... They're not staying in Wichita. Like, there's no way. No, there's no way. You can't. You literally can't. You have like, to uproot your entire life because they know that you were there. You were the family. It doesn't matter what the truth is. They're gonna they're gonna put that on you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, dude. Oh, another thing I just remembered. There was apparently supposed to be an eleventh victim oh. that Raider admitted to. And uh, a little little sidebar here. So at his job, like as like a uh, community ordinance, like whatever guy, ordinance officer, um, he like had the people under him, right? And there was this one specific like receptionist that only ever saw like the worst side of him. So she, he would, like, lock her in the room with him and scream at her and shit. And, like, she feared for her life, like, a lot of the time. Yeah, it sounds in like the a workplace. terrible boss. Yeah, just in the workplace. So um, so she was, like, filing complaint after complaint about this guy. And once he actually got arrested, she was like, fucking see? Do you see what I mean now? But anyway. You get this? Are you picking up what I'm putting down, lady? So, yeah. He, so she was, in a way, like, a problem for him, you know? But uh, so his eleventh victim, he's he, so he told like the the news. 
He was like, yeah, it was someone named Mary, and it was going to be on this street, and she lives in a duplex. And then, <laughs> at least the documentary I was watching, it just cuts to her. She's like, my name is Mary. I lived on that street in a duplex. <laughs> I was, was going like... to be killed. So she was, it was basically like, yeah, she was going to be the final victim of his, and it was just going to be <laughs> his version of the bitch at work. He's like, <laughs> like... this fucking bitch. I'm going to kill her. I'm going to fucking kill her. But it didn't happen. He's uh, he's in prison forever. Yeah, he's caught forever. Forever he's gone. And that will never, ever change now unless he breaks out. Isn't that fun? But I, that doesn't seem to happen very often like it does in the films. Not you know? anymore, yeah. And, dude, I kind of miss, like, the in some countries back in the day where if you escaped prison, they were just like, damn, dude, you deserve freedom. That was hard to do. <laughs> Fuck, like, man, go ahead. Man, he did it, didn't he? Go ahead, man, just leave. It's like Alcatraz. Like, that was pretty much their, like, thought. Like, I, you know, they say they looked, but they're like, water's too cold. No way they're alive. It's like, they're either dead or they did a really good job. Yeah, so just fuck them. Just whatever. Just let them be. You know, I don't care. Yeah, there you go. But, yeah, that is officially the BTK series. It's He's, Dennis Rader. He's alive and kicking. Isn't that awful? We have completed yet another true crime in the, I mean, we've barely scratched the surface as far as true crime availability. But uh, we're making dents. Yeah. Know? No, I'm glad that we did this, and it took uh, a while. I had fun along the way. Maybe we'll do something a little lighter, though, uh, in the in next week. Yeah, we'll probably do <laughs> so a little, little palate uh, cleanser. We'll probably do one of our one-off episodes, I imagine. Yes. Um, that seems to, especially after a series, it's nice to have a, a brief little respite like that. Um, it's just, it's hard, especially topics, it's like, it's hard to switch completely. You know, it's like, Oh, Dennis Rader? Okay, well, this week now I'm reading about fucking this. It's hard to, to bounce around. We'll like find that. our footing. We always do. But, yeah, so we'll uh, you know we'll be back as we always are. We never miss a week. We're always week. back for you. Even when we do miss a week, we make up for it. We do, do it double. So what more do you want? Here. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so we have wrapped up our series. Uh, how about them apples, guys? How about them apples? He killed so many people. Ten, I think. Yeah, he did. It was ten. It yeah. was ten. Um, yeah, in Wichita. It's it's funny when you say that. That's not like an incredibly high number, but it's high enough to where you're like, I don't want to be with that guy. He also did so many other things that made it scary. Well, I mean, <laughs> so yeah. like you know, he's got a whole ambiance with him. You know, like he yeah, does, yeah. he he does more than than one thing. Cool collected father who dresses up as a woman and kills people. But yeah, so that is. Um, our episode for the week. That was BTK, that. and that, there it was. A little bit of a shorter bite. You guys are missing a, a couple minutes here, you know, but we're not going to sit here and extend and lie to you and say there's more to the story, but the story's been told. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm, being, I'm an honest man. So let me tell you this. Yeah. We... Are starting a cult? We are. I mean, we are doing that. We're always like that. It, You're a part of it. I feel like at this point, we are reaching... Um, uh, the point where we, we just are a cult now. Maximum cultitude. Uh, and we're coming up on it. I mean, I know the first ever episode was Christmas Day of, was it 18? It was 2018. Yeah, dude, um, I actually like was looking at this with Karen the other day. Like, our David Huggins was like February of 2019. Yeah, because we did David Huggins. Because that was our first like official one but yes. the first ever one was on christmas and then we did garavito i believe right that, garavito yeah, yeah and then um we took a, a couple week break where we didn't do anything we had no structure and then we that's when we i want to say it was 
was it late April of 19 where we really started the week to week thing? We were trying to, yeah. And definitely. we, uh, I think we've succeeded. And we haven't stopped. We have not missed a week. Um, I think we did over the summer, maybe. That was when did, you had COVID, though, right? Oh, yeah, we did. So we that. just posted like a Patreon episode. We did have to do that, and then we missed a week, but we we did back-to-back episodes. We did one Thursday and one Friday. All for you, yeah, so we, guys. We're coming up on three steady years of material, so yeah. you guys are going to be getting um, huge backlogs. If you're new to the show, if this was your first thing that you checked out, definitely go back and look at some of the other shit we've done. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of it. You know, you, you can really get your pick of what you want. There's everything. We've done so much. And we've we've covered <laughs> many a basis, you know. I love how we were just like, we won't extend this for you guys. And then we just proceed to pat ourselves on the back for like five minutes. Hey, I'm okay with it. We don't do this very often, you know? No, I mean, yeah. I'm proud no, of who no. we are. No, yeah, we're good people, right? Because you're granting them Jake and Mitch was here. That is true. And yeah. on a side note, this is oh, something okay. I'm asking a request of our audience, okay? That was my light intro into the end, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I, that's why I want to stop because I don't want to end this yet. Hate I got you now. one thing to say. Don't like you anymore. As far I need a favor from all of you out there listening. Okay, I need you to email us, DM us on Instagram, um, fi- fucking send us a postcard. I don't know. Figure out a way to get in contact with us. Um, let us know who your favorite living actor or actress is right now. Let us. Or anybody famous in general. Who's somebody really famous that you just, you love. You love them. Um, that's all you need to know for now. But just Badlands Chugs. I love Badlands Chugs. Yeah, that's Chugs. one of mine. That guy's the shit. He, he is like the shit. But, um. Chugging the ocean. Absolutely. That is the end of... My talking for the episode. <laughs> Trying to steal my job with the outro. No, I'm, that's you what I'm, fucking, I'm. I'm backing off early, you know. Fucking banana. So I uh, love you guys, and uh, I will be back next week. I'll see you later. No, it's true. So will I. I'm pretty sure. I think I'll be here because uh, we are starting to call this great. I'm Jake Mitch is here, and we can get in contact with you. You can get in contact with us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then there's the email, startacult at gmail.com. There's a link for the Patreon below where we do bi-weekly extra episodes. And YouTube is pretty fun, right? You watch that, and then you can subscribe to us on there. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Bananas! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.